0: Well, we are going to dive into week three of a series that we began a couple weeks ago called It's Complicated. So um, if you've ever been in a relationship or you have a relationship of any type, um, you may have referred to it or heard others refer to theirs as, boy, that's complicated. Um, Anybody been there? Okay. Um, We didn't plan it this way, but it just so happens that Um, today's message, we had a lot of questions, uh, through the app and then even some direct texts and some messages on social media on the subject of parenting. And so what better day to talk about that than Uh after dedicating all these little babies to Jesus. Um, but we, uh, our, we we kind of, Elaine and I got our heads together because we, we've atta- attacked this series a little differently. So we didn't map the whole thing out from the beginning. We literally been praying as we go to try to design what does the Holy Spirit want us to spend the time on? Because we just want to know, you know what God wants us to share with you. And so this, this subject really uh, came to us this last week and kind of solidified in our hearts to cover it. And so we're, it's a little different than our norm, um, if we have a norm at this point, I don't know. I don't but, know if we have a norm. But, but the message title that we're going to, we, we talked about trust and forgiveness in week one. Last week we talked about the power of our thoughts and our words. And this week uh, we're going to share a message that we're entitling Our Parenting Top 7. Yes. Okay, so there's, it's, that's not an exhaustive list but you only have so much time and so we have prioritized those uh, for you today uh but, uh but as we got started I throw that first picture up guys i wanted you to get a, a look at our crew so on the right there is uh, i know i know they're good looking people um <laughs> except for that guy f- sec- first uh, first guy to the left there but uh, on the right, that's our son Jackson, he's 18, he's a senior in high school, and then on the left is our little blue-eyed princess, Kara, and she is 14, and she is a freshman in high school, which still, it. yeah, hard hard to say out loud, <sighs> but I uh, kind of want to give you a little picture of who we're talking about when we're talking about our family today, but put up that second pick. This is a little more our yeah. norm, <laughs> um, it's a little more like who we are, but uh just wanted to share with you today, from our perspectives, uh, a little bit about our kiddos and about our uh, parenting from a godly perspective, and things that we've learned and things that we've learned from the school of hard knocks that we did very poorly, <laughs> that we had to learn from. Uh, right, hon?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing we've always had, uh, you know, people come up to us and ask us. I mean, if you know Jackson and you know Kara, they're just really good kids. They're sweet and they're kind and they're respectful. And we have people all the time ask us, you know, what did y'all do to raise such great kids? And uh, so we thought, okay. It was okay, luck. It was, like, I was, a lot of it's luck, the Lord. I don't know if it's <laughs> what we did or what God did or maybe the combination of the two. But um, so we were excited to put this, uh, our top seven together. I mean, it was definitely hard. We had so many ideas and, and condensing it. We've had to cut so much out of it, but um, we hope you guys are blessed, you know, by what we're gonna talk about today.
0: Yeah, and our um, to to kind of lay the groundwork for the things that we're going to share with you. I think it's important to uh, for us. These aren't things that we always got right, um, but they're things that we've learned. And so we're we're not sharing from a position of having. I mean, we have a you know an eighteen year old. There's still a lot of life left, certainly for for both of them. And so don't don't feel like we're sitting up here trying to present this to you as the experts that have figured it all out. Because I guarantee you, we're still learning stuff. <laughs> um but receive it in grace and receive it you know from as the wisdom of god we're certainly going to frame it from the word of god um but there are three priorities that you have to get right in order for any of the stuff we're going to share with you today to make any sense at all and to work at all really and those are just real simply these are in priority order yeah. number 1 god yeah god has to be first in the home And that looks like a whole lot of things, but specifically prayer, and not just prayer at church, but prayer in your home, Um, Bible, devotional life uh, at home. Um, Church is certainly a part of that. And and there's a lot to that conversation that we'll cover in our time today, but you've got to get that one right. If God's not first, then everything else turns to chaos really quickly. Um, The second is our marriage. Now, this is something you need to grab this. One is God, two is marriage. In the, in the universe of the family, the marriage is, is this planet, and the kids revolve around the planet marriage, not the other way around. And if you get, the, how many have heard things said, like the kids are the center of my world, they're the center of my universe? Okay, that sounds really nice to say. It is wrong. Because nowadays especially, there's so much um, evidence to support the fact that we live in a culture that adheres to that philosophy and it results in chaos and relationships later on because once the kids are gone it's like who are we um who are you um so you got to get that in order number three is the kids and the kids need to know they're number three they don't need to think they're number one or number two they need to know squarely where they fit in this picture because if if For them, one of the primary things that they need from us is security. And if mom and dad are good, then the kids are going to be good. You see that? So um, you want to share that thought from...
1: Yeah, Jimmy Evans said, um, we were listening to some of his uh, sermons, and he said this, and it was really good. He said, if you're raising great kids, but your marriage is suffering in the process, then you won't be successful. But if you have a great marriage and successful relationships, but your kids aren't doing well, you still won't be successful. You have to have both to be successful.
0: Yeah. And so, just receive today from us. Whether you're a uh, an active parent right now, or maybe you've been one, maybe your grandmother, grandfather, you have nieces and nephews. Um, there are kids in your universe. Um, certainly, we just got through dedicating a whole host of kiddos. That we are as a church accepting some responsibility for helping parent. Right. So this really applies to all of us. And so, don't don't rule yourself out.
1: Right. I mean, I was telling Mark, I said, you know, we have all kinds of, you know, people here today. I mean, you have parents, you have grandparents, and maybe your kids are grown and you don't have kids at home but you can still parent. I mean, you're around people all the time and kids and other people. I have women in my life that I call another mothers, <laughs> you know, I have a great mother, but I have other women in my life that speak into my life like a mother and they help guide me and give me wisdom and give me advice. And so, I mean, this message is still for you, even in that context is that, you know, you can still mother other people. You know, there are people that they don't, maybe they don't have a good mother and they don't have a good father and they need that influence in their life. And you can be that influence in their life
0: life. Yeah, that's good. So let's pray together as we get started. Jesus speaks for our hearts, change our lives, show us exactly what you want us to see and what you want us to hear in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen.
1: Amen. amen. So number one on our list is you have to prioritize unity in your home. So you have to be with your spouse, a unified uh, front. So two people together are unified. And Mark 325 says, if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand.
0: Yeah, and, and when we talk about unity, you've heard it taught here before, but unity is not conformity. So it doesn't mean that we all believe the same way and, and, and see things the same way. It believe it, Unity is something that you have to contend for, that you have to work at, and it's a daily battle sometimes, right? Can I get an amen from, in, from anybody who's had that battle before? Um, unity requires that we intentionally approach every situation with the idea that we're both going to win on the other side of it. And when it comes to your kids, especially when you're talking about a husband and wife dynamic, a mom, a mom and a dad dynamic, going into a situation that this idea that, that Mark 3.25 lays out is, is absolutely critical. If you're not on the same page, you, you, the house will not stand. The literal house, your literal house cannot stand um, when parents are divided, you know it, it creates instability. It creates uh, a shaky ground, mm-hmm. and it really works against the kids being able to, uh, you know, to 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 thrive really in the relate their own relationships and in their life in general.
1: It's kind of like this. It's kind of like if you have, you know, like if you're going to build a house and you know you're wanting to build this magnificent house, you don't just get out there with a bunch of two by fours and start putting them up, right? You have to have a plan. You have to have a, something laid out, you know, something that you can look at, you can draw from and, okay, this goes here, this goes here. Same thing with us when it comes to parenting. For us, we've always tried to be a, a unit, you know, together on our discipline, together on our, how we raise them one front you know one thing that um i used to do as a little girl i would always go to my mom and say hey mom can i go do blah 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 or such and such or can i have this and she would say no and then i go ask my dad and he would say yes and so then i would do that and i got in so much trouble for that you know and so even with jackson and kara if there are instances where they come up and go hey can i do this we always ask first well have you talked to your dad what did your dad say I don't know. I didn't have to talk to dad. I'm like, we'll go talk to dad. And if they come to him first, well, have you talked to your mom? What'd your mom say? Well, you know, I don't know. So, and, and then there are definitely instances where they come to us with certain things and we don't know how to answer that question. And so we have to go, Hey, okay, let me wait just a second. Let me go talk to your dad and let me talk to dad about what we're going to do. And then we'll get back with you. And so we have to come up with a plan together.
0: Yeah. Lane and I've adopted, if you, if you follow Jimmy Evans, you've heard this term before, but we are the two-headed monster, and you will not divide us. Yeah. So you come to one, you're coming to both of us. And, yeah. and we, we made that declaration early on after some failed attempts. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, that's kind of the, part of the journey. You know, we, we just made a, a decision early on that we have to be consistent, yeah. and we have to be on the same page.
1: Yeah, united.
0: There, I want to I want to make this one quick point too because it's it's so true. Um, parents understand your children's recorders are always going. So from from early early on two three four they're taking notes. They're they're making a note of the defense system. Like yeah he's weak on that one. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. She's a little soft there. Um, whether they know it or not, um, they're very very clever. So true. And so that's why it's really important that that we as moms and dads um, and even grandmothers and grandfathers and and, and, aunts and uncles understand that consistency because what we want them to to be able to do is to thrive. We don't want them to develop these very imbalanced, um, you know, mindsets about how we can manipulate or how we can work around because we that's that's that unity part is so critical for, for mom and dad. Um, the second one is that we have to prioritize prayer. I know we mentioned that briefly earlier. Um, but there, I guess you can cover that first part of it because it's something that we talked about with yeah. both the kids. It, I mean,
1: that, prayer is just so important. I mean, not only do you have to pray for your children, but you have to pray with your children. I mean it is I mean, I know as parents, I mean we spend so many hours praying over our children and praying over their lives, praying over their calling and their purpose. But not only do you have to pray over them, but you have to take time to pray with them. Even starting at a young, very young age, you have to pray with your children. For us, that started when they were a little bitty, just praying over their food before they ate. You know, we grab those tiny little hands before we give them their piece that they were gonna probably spit all over us. And just Quite say little prayers, you know, like God bless his food, Amen. But just start introducing to them at a young age what prayer is, how do you pray, and and then of course as they grow, then those prayers that you pray with them changes, it develops, gets a little bit more in depth.
0: Yeah, and you know the one of the things that uh, Elaine and I both do, but I'm I have very um, built into my daily regimen as far as praying over them is is the specific things that I pray over I pray over their protection um, I pray over their purity I mean we're in we're in the teenage years so there's That's things big one. You know, there's there's things that rise to the top in certain you know age windows um, so you have to adjust your strategy as time goes on but um, I pray for their giftings and their callings I pray for God to reveal those not only to them but to us so that we can speak into those and so that we can encourage those and, and so that we get them on the radar early in life. And, and because of the biggest part of parenting, our responsibility as parents is to call that out in them um, and partner with the Holy Spirit so that not only are, are they seeing it, but we're seeing it. We're investing in that at the earliest age possible.
1: Yeah. They're, I mean, like nowadays, the kids are, pre- are facing so much stress and pressures even at a young age even in day schools with bullying and stuff that goes on like your kids are facing so much stuff and it's so important that you know we pray over them um I remember growing up as a kid and I would wake up in the middle of the night and my mom would be beside my bed crying and sobbing praying over me in the middle of the night I'm like are you okay mom she's like I'm just praying over you but just (laughs) praying over me you know and I Just I thank God for those. One of the biggest things that um, you have to also be aware of when you're praying is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be sensitive to those little nudges that the Holy Spirit gives you when it comes to parenting because He will instruct you. Because the kids aren't going to be an open book. They're not going to come to you and go, Hey, Mom, I'm struggling with this. They're not going to do that. So you really have to rely on the Holy Spirit to nudge you in the areas that maybe they're struggling and they don't know how to vocalize that. A few few weeks ago... um, I had this, I was just kind of cleaning the house and I had this little, um, the Holy Spirit nudged me, hey, you need to pray for Kara. And, uh, and I was like, okay, okay, I'll pray for Kara. So I started praying for her and um, this went on for like a week. I just kept feeling like, hey, you need to pray for Kara. You need to pray for Kara. And then Mark came to me about a week later and said, hey, I just want to take Kara out on a daddy-daughter date. I feel like I really need to pray for her. Um, not sure why, I just felt like the Lord leading me. And I was like, I've had the same nudge, like just need to pray for her. And, and so we both started praying for her, and it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit will just give you those little nudges so that you can open up conversation with them. And so she shared with us some stuff, and it was just awesome because we were like, we can help you with this yes, we can help you. But the Holy Spirit started nudging us and he started speaking to us and telling us how we needed to pray over her in order to help her navigate the situation that she was facing at school.
0: Yeah. And I didn't, you know, when, in my prayer time, it was, it was one of those moments where I I really didn't know what it was, but the Holy Spirit came on me in such a way. I just started crying in my office and I just like, I was praying for wisdom, you know, God show me what it is, but um, you know, I, I always wondered growing up how mom and dad always knew stuff. Um, <laughs> it's just, I didn't tell you that. How can you possibly know. Um, but parents, the role of the Holy Spirit in your parenting will tip you off. Um, yeah, I think I said tip you off. If I said kick you off, I meant tip you off. <laughs> um, but, but you need, you have to have that. And, and for us, you know, Kara's wired a lot like me in so many ways, God bless her heart. Um, but while Jackson's a lot more verbally processing, you know, external, she's a lot more introverted like I was. And so I know that about her. Um, but even still, you know, the role of the Holy Spirit and, and just showing us those little things um, to give us an opportunity to have those conversations at the right time, um, invaluable.
1: Yeah, and so the the third one that we want to talk about is um, meeting their unique needs. Kids are all unique, and they are all different. They're all wired different. They think different. They react different. And so you really, as parents, need to be aware that, you know, there are some general things as a parent that you can do, but you really have to, as they grow and they develop little personalities, you have to learn how to... um, Discipline them, you know, in their uniques, how to speak into their, to their lives and really, really um, be aware of their unique needs that they have individually as kids. Yeah,
0: I mentioned, you know, Jackson and Kara, that they're just diametrically opposed almost in the way they, they approach the world. Um, but as parents, because they do develop this you know, who they are over time um, being able to recognize that like for us for instance with, with Jackson we have to kind of holler at him from across the room to get his attention sometimes be doing something he's not supposed to yeah. do you have
1: to be very blunt uh, <laughs> and upfront with him <laughs> yeah. like and it, Jackson
0: and it doesn't phase him yeah nope um, but if, if, I, if I hollered in the same way across the room at my daughter, she would kind of crumple up in her shell because she's a lot softer of a personality in that way. Yeah. And so we had to learn early on our parenting techniques are very different with both of the kids. Yeah. And early on, we were trying to apply the same methodology, and it was it not, not working. Work. <laughs> yeah. So the encouragement to all of you, and we don't have a lot of time to spend here. Uh, as parents, especially if they're younger, as as they're growing, be sensitive to that and really, really lean into that as a couple to recognize. Because yeah. sometimes Elena relates better to each of the kids on different subjects, and I relate better to the kids on different subjects. And learn where those things are in your in your relationships between your kids that can give you, um, you know, the most bang for your buck.
1: And number two, so we have identity. And number two, we have security. So speaking to that security, um, make them feel like they are safe and that they are protected. You know, a lot about your marriage that you have speaks volumes of safety and protection to the children. One thing that we do, I mean, one thing that I, you know, vowed, (laughs) you know, vows, but I, I never wanted my kids to question my love for them. Never. I never wanted them to go, I didn't know my mom loved me. Like, she didn't hug me. She didn't touch me. She didn't tell me, you know, she loved me. And so I was like, I am going to smother them like crazy. And, <laughs> and you can ask them. I do. I'm always telling them how much I love them, how proud I am of them. I'm snuggling and hugging. And, you know, it's just, it, I think it's because something I love. And so I'm thinking I'm going to give that to them, but they need that. Kids need to be shown that they're loved. They need to be, you know, verbally and physically, they need to see that and know that from their parents.
0: Yeah, and and your your marriage speaks security to them, and so one of the most important things you can do, and this isn't always possible in the day and age we live in. Sometimes we do have single parent families, and we do have, you know, um, mixed families. What's the right word? I'm not blended. blended thank you. Yeah, blended families. So, um, all these principles are universally applicable in some way, shape, yes. or form. But recognizing that there are different dynamics. Um, cause when you don't have one, one, you know, side of that coin, you have to lean on the Lord a little more sometimes, uh, and look, look at, you know, that from, from perspective of what's, what can I do to, to, um, to contribute to that for, for that child in a way that, that helps them see both sides of, cause really we're expressing the nature of God as husband and wife. Um, the, uh, the third thing is purpose. And so we're talking about the four primary needs that only God can completely satisfy but that parents should be keenly aware of and so into is identity, security, purpose. Um, help them focus on and find God's purpose. Um, especially nowadays, it's such a, a, a significant thing going on in our culture where we have families that start to prioritize you know year round sports and things like that now in and of themselves we're not i'm not hating on those things no. but i'm talking about we're talking about identity we don't want the kids to start to attach their identity to those types of things because if that thing gets pulled away from them or maybe they're not good enough to pursue that further or whatever the case may be then all of a sudden they start losing themselves because, you know, maybe dad really pressured them because he was a good ball player to go out and, and be that kind of ball player. And all of a sudden, maybe there's an injury or maybe there's something that happens. And I've seen that a lot, even in some of Jackson circles with kids that all of a sudden they have a really significant injury that keeps them from able to play that sport going forward. All of a sudden, they don't even know who they are. And so for us as parents to keep that balance, that that's something we do. It's not who we are. Um, and, and helping, helping them kind of navigate that.
1: Yeah, one of the things I love about Kara when you're talking about purpose is she is fearless when it comes to wanting to try new things. I mean, she will try, I mean, she'll try cheer and then one time she's like, hey, I want to go out for GT at school and I'm like, you do realize what's involved in that? She's like, yeah, I can do it, it's no problem. And then the next year, she's like, hey, I want to do yearbook. And I'm like, really? Like, yearbook? Okay. And then the next year, she was like, hey, I want to do a UIL theater, you know. And so I don't want to tell her, no, you can't do these things. I love that she has a freedom to explore all these things that she's interested in. Because one of these could lead to something later on down the road. And we want to, you know, be aware of, you know, maybe that little purpose that's inside of her that could, you know, grow and be something greater on down the road for her. And then the last thing is um, acceptance.
0: Yeah, and this yeah. is one of the primary needs that all kids have is unconditional acceptance. Right. And when you get into, you know, uh, as we have at times, you know, we are really parenting from the wrong place, you know, from out of anger or, or out of frustration. Um, the signals that you send the kids is that your acceptance and your love can be conditional. That as long as I'm doing the right thing, I'm okay with mom and dad, but if I ever make do the wrong thing, all of a sudden I'm out with mom and dad. You don't want that. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that um, you know we're real intentional in that about with with our kids is is always trying to sit down with them, and if we have to discipline them or we have to do things that you know kind of check them, that they understand. You know, we're also there to give the hug, and we're also there to give the direction, and it's not this, you know this judgmental type approach to to stewarding our lives to parenting them
1: yeah and and when we're talking about you you know their needs uh the unique needs that they have i mean learn when to push your children to go further but then also learn when to pull back Mm -hmm. you know i mean there are a lot of times i think as parents we you know we invest money and we invest time and things that they're interested in but then sometimes the kids will come and say hey i'm I can't do this anymore i don't want to do this anymore and like for me i was always like no we've invested money and time in this you are not quitting you know you're not we can't do this and then the whole time they're going but i just i don't i don't want to do it anymore and it was one that was one thing i really struggled with was giving up control of what i wanted them to do and finally got to where i'd be like okay like if If you can't do it anymore, I'm not going to push you because I know that that's not healthy. So we pulled back. And then a year and a half later or so, Kara, you know, she had come back and she said, okay, I'm ready. And I'm like, okay. But I think as parents, listen to what your kids, when they say they they need a break or they need to stop, don't keep pushing them. Let them take a break. Let them pull back. Listen to to their verbal and nonverbal cues that they're giving you and the needs. When they say they can't do something or they don't need it, like figure out how to... Don't make them be in that situation or push them to go to that sport. Pull back because they know what they need. They are very aware of what they need. And so just be really, really um, aware of all that.
0: Yeah. Number four, provide consistent discipline.
1: This is a hard one. How many
0: struggle with this one?
1: Everybody's (laughs) discipline is so different. Anybody ever been a parent? (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, you just, for us, for Jackson and Kara, what we learned with them is that you just have to be consistent. And you're disciplining them. So with Jackson and Kara, what you know, if I was going to get onto them one time for something, then I was going to get onto them every single time for that same thing. I wasn't going to get onto them one time and then let them get away with it the next time and then get onto them because that's that's creating confusion with them. So you know, I had to learn to be really consistent with what I was how I was disciplining them. This is years ago when Jackson was really little. He was probably only about three at the time. Um, that show Super Nanny has started coming on TV and. I don't know if y'all watch Super Nanny, but those kids are boom <laughs> too. Oh Lord. Um, they gave me anxiety watching. I've that seen them
0: at Walmart. I don't I know.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes yes not in
0: my house
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and so jackson was watching this show with me and i noticed that a few days later he started acting like the kids he was seeing on tv he started throwing himself down on the floor he started screaming and yelling and throwing and i was like oh no you're not Mm -mm. so number one i stopped watching that show and then (laughs) it took me about three days to, of consistent with him, like consistent parenting with him to break him of, of that. And, you know, for me, the first thing is, is I'm gonna talk to you about it and say, hey, this behavior is not appropriate. Fiki does it again, okay, you're going to time out. And then number three, if you do it again, then we had a little spoon and it met their rear quite often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one side of it said Jax, the other side said Kara. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And so we just had to be consistent with them. Proverbs 13, uh, 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them.
0: Yeah, one of the things we wanted to to bring out on this point is, um, and and not we've We've tried a lot of things that didn't work over the course of time and learned different things and so these some of these are suggestions and thoughts, but one of the things that we shifted fairly early on with Jackson was we got out of the habit of spanking with our hand because um, our hand should be there to love and to care. and so we we put we put the the discipline on an inanimate object. so it was a spoon or it might have been a little paddle or, or a belt. Um, and I know that in our culture, there's a whole lot of people that have some real strong opinions about that. But this is Bible. Um, and, and part of it is, is not so much what you do, but how you do it. Because for us, one thing you know, my parents always did, and one thing I've been very consistent about with our 2 is, before I disciplined them, and this started at probably around age three, really early on, even when I didn't know if they could completely grasp what I was talking about. I would set them down, and I would have them look at me in the face, look look at me, and we talk about it. Uh, you don't ever discipline in anger or frustration. And there were times that I had to go take a walk, and count to ten, and hold my breath, and some other things, <laughs> or, or practice my my breathing. But with what what will produce fruit in that? And will also help the kids learn how to problem solve and learn how to, what, what does obedience look like? It's not just leading with the iron fist and saying, well, I'm the parent, you do it because I said so. Or that, that's what I said. That's the quickest way to building this law relationship that we're, we constantly teach about in context with our relationship with the Heavenly Father. He doesn't want a bunch of rule followers. And we shouldn't either. We should want them to be motivated to obey from love. And the, if you do it that way, like I'm talking about, where you're sitting across from him, you're talking to him. hey, buddy, we can't do that, and here's why. And use a, sometimes I'd use a verse, and sometimes i just use life application or whatever, because if we continue going this way, this is what could happen. And this is, And then again, at three years old, some of the conversations were mostly me talking to him, kind of, you know. But once I, once I gave him the discipline, our Kara... The next thing that I would do is what my dad would always do and my mom would always do, hug. Like, Then we talk about it. We're like, I'm sorry I had to do that, but I'm doing that because I love you and because I want you to learn and I want you to grow and be the very best person that you can possibly be. And so within this conversation of discipline, the how and the heart behind it is the most critical part. right? And even if you don't believe in corporal punishment and you do it a different way, Communicating to the kids so that they understand what are the consequences, what are the boundaries, and being consistent. And kind of on that, on that note, we did have a question, actually a few questions that kind of had this theme in it throughout this week that we wanted to address um, that, that said something to the effect of what do you do when you and your spouse have different um, you know, ideas about discipline or different ideas about how to, to handle the kids And let me just be very, very honest with you. If you have that going on, your household will fail. Because if you have one parent who holds one standard and another parent who holds another standard, here's what you're going to have, kids that are constantly confused, and then kids that have to start figuring out where they can go to get certain things. And then you force one parent into the disciplinarian and the other parent into whatever that other category is. Good back cop. Yeah. And you don't... That's not fair. Both parents have to administer love, and that's, that's critical too. They need a father's love and they need a mother's love. They don't need a loving mother and a disciplining father. Yeah. They need a loving mother yeah. and they need a loving father. That's really
1: good. I mean, I think, you know, definitely speaking into fathers showing love to your kids is a you know they need that motherly love but they also need a fatherly love as well
0: yeah hebrews twelve eleven says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful <laughs> have you ever had some painful discipline <laughs> um later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it and and truthfully as I, i've lived out elena can speak to this our kids um, we've seen that discipline that was hard and painful at times produce a harvest of righteousness in our kids because more is caught than taught, um, right? We can teach them and tell them all day long, but we have to, we have to reinforce it. We have to communicate with them. We have to, we have to teach them and show them the way.
1: Yeah, when I was little, funny side story, when I was little, I always say my my parents just, they they spanked me in the beginning of the day just to get it over with, because they knew something was going to go on in the day that I was going to need a spanking for, so they just got it over with. I don't think there was a church service that went by where my parents did not spank me before church, for running in the church, for yelling in the church, for rolling under the pews. I was doing something all the time so well number five goes uh we want to talk about is consistently communicating with your children having consistent communication with your children i know this can be challenging sometimes i think when they're younger kids talk a lot when they get older it's a little bit harder to pull that communication out especially now when we have to fight with devices and ipads and phones um really having communication with your children because we're all on a device um, but, you know, one thing we've tried to do with Jackson and Kara is always have consistent communication, asking them, you know, what is going on, how they're doing, and, you know, letting them communicate their feelings to us without any type of judgment or reaction from them.
0: Yeah, and we, we like I mentioned before, we, we started early, I'll, I'll say it this way, talking to them like adults, but we didn't patronize them, and we didn't. You know we didn't stay in baby goo gaga lingo you know for a really long time, um, because we wanted them to be, to begin to understand and to be able to communicate back and parenting is a it's a reciprocal relationship like i I need the input that they're going to give me to parent properly. If all I do is kind of deliver judgment with the iron fist, then that that's not really parenting. You're kind of building a little army and you're the dictator. Um, but we have to we have to help them understand all of the things that connect to what we're, why we're asking what we're asking, why we're you know, demanding what we're demanding in certain seasons, et cetera. Um, but we have to also apologize to them when we're wrong. And yeah. how many are great at that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. be willing. I mean, one of the things that we've had to learn, especially for our kids, is learning when to apologize to them. I know as parents, sometimes we don't think that we have to apologize to our kids because we're the parent. Because I said so. Because you have to follow my rules. I'm not going to apologize. I don't do anything wrong. And that is definitely not the attitude to have. We try to be aware of that with Jackson and Kara. And there was a few weeks ago we were um, doing laundry in the laundry room, and Kara was in there, and she hadn't got her stuff out of, the, out of the dryer fast enough, and I started just fussing like crazy at her, you know. And she was like, what is going on? Like, why is Mom fussing? And, and, uh, and so I went back to my room, and I felt the Holy Spirit uh, say did you really have to get onto her like that? And I was like, oh, no. He's like, you're really wrong. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and so I had to go back to her room and I was like, Kara, I really just need to apologize. I'm really sorry for the way I spoke to you. I, that was not right. It was not... I shouldn't have got upset at you over that. And the way I talked to you, you know, too harshly and sarcastically was I shouldn't have done that. And I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? And she hugged me and said she forgave me. But, you know, just being willing as a parent that when you know you got it wrong, go apologize to your children and see what it does in your relationship with them to just to just simply say, I'm sorry, I got it wrong.
0: And what you're doing is modeling humility and you're teaching your kids how to apologize Um, because we get it wrong sometimes. I've reacted out of anger before. I I remember a time I had to apologize to Jackson because he did something that was disrespectful to his mother and I addressed it quickly, more quickly than I should have. Um, And I had to come back in his room later and do something similar. But what I did with him is gain gain credibility with him. And what I've also seen my kids as a result of conversations like that is come to us and they're quick to apologize. If they get, sometimes they'll catch themselves. Um and when you're talking about uh, communication, um I, I there's something I kind of call the parental law of first mention. I don't know if there is such a thing, but I'll call it that. I'm sure there's some really great clinical term for it. Um but but it is the, the best way I know how to articulate it to you is from a, a direct example. And so like in our in our experience with the kids is with yours, um if you have them or have had them that relationship and the priorities inside of all those different seasons changes. And specifically with ours, especially over this last four or five years, um, plus the, one of the primary uh, things that, that we had to cover with both of them related to talking about as they got into pre-puberty, puberty, you know, pre-teen to, to teenager, uh, is the talk. And I started with Jackson probably about eight or nine, not having the talk, but seeding conversations about what, what is he aware of? What has he seen? What has he heard? And just having conversations like, hey, buddy, have you, have you seen anything that's made you feel uncomfortable? You know, have you seen anything? Have you seen pictures or anything yeah, when you go to friends' houses or different things? I just kind of do some probing questions. Have you seen people with their clothes off or anything like that as he got older? Probing, just wanting to see where, where, where are we at? Where's he at? And ultimately, uh, when it came time for the talk, uh, both Elaine and I kind of make a yeah. big deal, made a big deal of that with the kids. We took them away for a weekend and kind of did uh, a curriculum. Yeah, uh, it's called but,
1: Passport to Purity. That's what we do with both of the kids.
0: Yeah, and there's other curriculums like yeah. that. But It's a
1: really good one. It's a really good one. Yeah. It's very practical. It's yeah. funny. It gives applications. It's really a great curriculum.
0: Yeah, and, and coming back to the parental law first mention, what I mean by that is because I was the first person that Jackson heard th- that talk from guess where all of the the questions from then on came back to? Because I set a priority, number one, what happens if if those kids trip into those things by themselves by virtue of their device or the locker room at school or a movie? All of a sudden what happens is the kids are like, I don't know, dad and mom didn't tell me about this. So it creates a trust issue. Um, And then where do they go to get follow-up information for those subjects? Not you. So with Jax and with Kara, we set that stage early. Yeah. And I would rather have that talk a little bit early than too late. Yeah. Um, because with, with Jax, and, and luckily he's a verbal processor, and so it was, it was comical, actually, a lot of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But every step along the way, what I was able to do is, hey, bud, this is coming. Be ready for it. And it happened. He would text me, dad, it happened. And I'd be like, <laughs> good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But he, knew, I called it for him. And so what happened, I developed a trust with him that every time something on that sphere came, came up, he came back to me and we talked about it and even celebrated certain milestones along the way.
1: Yeah, and when you get to that point with your kids, I know we have kids all different ages and families here, but when you get to that uh, age with your kids where you have to have that talk with them, don't make it awkward. <laughs> Don't make it awkward. (laughs) Try not to make
0: it awkward. Try not to make it awkward.
1: I mean, it's an awkward conversation anyway. I mean, I know with Jackson and Kara, when I had that talk with Kara inside, I was going, oh my God, oh my God, what are we doing we were talking about this, but outside I was going, okay, now this is the sex and this is what we're talking about, you know, so inside I was freaking out that on the outside I had to be calm and cool because I didn't want it to be awkward for her because if it was awkward for me, then it was going to be awkward for her and she would never want to come talk to me about it because it was awkward and weird. And so we had to try to make it just like everyday conversation, like, hey, this is what's going on. Let's talk about it. And it's an ongoing conversation because they are introduced to this very, very early yeah. other than what we were introduced
0: especially with technology yeah. you just have to be on point um, yeah. there's a story I was going to tell you that Landon didn't want me to tell you but I'm going to tell you um, <laughs> so after the talk that Jackson and I had he was uh, 11 almost 12 at the time um, we kind of finished that part of the discussion and then he was kind of taking it all in you know um, and for probably three or four seconds or so, I could see him just kind of processing. And then after a couple moments of silence, he said, so you guys have done that two times? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, at least.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, so funny. That kid, I've got, he's given me so much material. Um, if you want to know some more of it, catch me after service. I'll share it with you. Uh, number six.
1: Just be ready. It's coming <laughs> yeah. for some of y'all. Just be uh, ready.
0: He's be so ready. much fun. He I love is. that kid. Yep. Um, number six, never argue in front of them. Never argue in front of the kids. Yeah,
1: This is a big one for us. I mean, we just decided early on in our marriage that we just did not want to argue, scream, yell, whatever in front of our kids. Now, we can disagree in front of our kids and we can disagree and have a talk because this is how our disagreements go most of the time. It's a conversation. Um, but if, you know, but if it gets to a point where it gets really heated and it, you see it's getting out of control, just don't do that in front of the kids. They already have so much stress and pressure that they are having to deal with and to see their parents arguing and screaming and yelling or whatever it is at each other. It's just not necessary. They do not need to see that or have that a part of their life and have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. And it, disagreement in front of the kids is healthy. Because um, they need to learn how to resolve conflict in a mature way. So I've, I've had couples in, in different seasons say things like that. Well, we don't even you know disagree in front of the kids. I, don't, I think that's wrong. Because I think the kids need to see, and see it modeled what it should look like. And what we're talking about is when you are on wildly different sides of the coin from each other, or if you're emotional, uh, or whatever that, the kids, when you, when you argue or yell and scream or whatever that may look like in front of them, it creates immediate insecurity because we have a, a, you know, a world that we live in where the divorce rate is over 50 percent. And so naturally where you go to in those moments of, you know, conflict, the kids, they start making assumptions and they start having to struggle with things that they haven't maybe before. And so from from a parent's perspective, be mindful of that, especially as they're, you know, the different ages are more sensitive than others sometimes, but but all kids need to to, know, to be able to count on the security that they have within that. And for, for a husband and wife, you know, because Elaine and I have had several times during our marriage where we had to go figure it out because we've been in like literal polar opposite ends of the discussion about any given issue with the kids. And we're like, we'll have to go argue it out for a while. But we come to unity, this is our decision, then we come to the kids, hey, this is what your mom and I decided. And it's not like, well, I would have done it for you, but you know, shoot it, or vice versa, because then you just opened up Pandora's box. <laughs> um,
1: so number seven, moving on, uh, number seven, which is the last one on our list, which is really the most important thing that you can do as a parent for your children. The number one is teach them to love and to follow Jesus. I mean, that is the most important thing we can do for our children is teaching them to love and follow Jesus. Deuteronomy 11:15 15 says, fix these words of mine. In your hearts and minds, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them around your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Uh, we started with Jackson and Kara at a very young age, teaching them about Jesus. You know, with the little Bible songs that we would sing, or uh, letting them watch Veggie Tales. You know, and all the Veggie tale stories about Jesus you can put in and let them watch those little DVDs. Reading them Bible stories at night, um, just starting to to introduce that even at a young age and carrying it through to when they're older, uh, teaching them about Jesus.
0: Yeah, and. Mentioned this a little bit earlier, but um, the value that we're trying to set there for them is the priority on their relationship with Jesus. Yeah, it's um, important. And you know, there, like I said earlier, a lot of things contribute to that. Taking them to church, you know, reading Bible stories, praying with them—all those things are a part of that equation. Um, but we're literally setting their values. So, you know, what, what's what's going to church on Sunday mean? Well, it's a it's a tithe. I'm taking the first part of my week, and we're giving that to Jesus. If every week um, we go on baseball trips or we go on family vacations or we, we don't prioritize it, it's not in and of itself necessarily that church is this be-all, end-all, like hyper-judgmental you know, kind of conversation as it relates to our priority, but we have, it, we, it, what, we, what we do is what the kids are going to do. So if I want my kids to be a follower of Jesus, but I don't do anything to show them that, I can say it all day long. Yeah. But if they don't see us prioritize being in the house of God, they don't see us prioritize reading the word of God, they don't see us praying to God, ultimately it won't really matter what you say. Because they're going to do what you say, not, or do what you do, not what you say.
1: Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we just, you know, with Jackson and Kara, it was just something that we did. Even with me growing up, I grew up with Christian. Of course, my dad's a pastor and all that, just like Mark's. Um, but it, it was just something that we did. Like, we just, we went to church. I, I didn't argue with my parents about it because there was not going to be an argument about it. We got up. I on argued Sundays. one time. Yeah, it didn't go well.
0: Yeah, didn't yeah. work.
1: We just It's just what we did. We got up and we went to church. And, you know, we went to church on Wednesday nights. And But we loved it. We loved where we went to church. We loved the people there. You know, I loved, even growing up as a teenager, I loved all the teenagers that went to church. And even with Jackson and Kara, they love coming to church here. They love the people. They love coming to Switch and seeing, or Pathway students and, and seeing their friends and They get so upset if they don't get to come to church. They're like, "I've gotta go to church," you know. For us, though, I mean, you know, for Mark and I, we don't live in Longview, so it's sometimes it is a sacrifice to get them here, especially on Wednesday nights, you know. But we make it a priority. We will get them here one way or another because they want to be here. We're going to get them here no matter what it takes.
0: Yeah, my my parents' philosophy about going to church was, "You know, Mom and Dad, I'm not feeling well. We'll get in the car, go to church, we'll pray for you, you'll get better." (laughs) mom and dad, I think I'm dying. Get in the car. Get, if you die on the way, we'll raise you up when we get there. Um, that was, that was the kind of way it went for us. But, but it, it feels completely foreign to me. Um, even in this really tough season where we had some Sundays where we couldn't gather, it feels weird. Like if I'm not, even on vacations at times, like it's Sunday, something's wrong. Um, and the priority was instilled at an early age that yeah that God is a priority in our relationship, uh, in our family. It's a priority in our value system. And so uh, Proverbs 22, 6 is a scripture you're all familiar with, but it says, start your children off on the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not turn from it. And uh, I was kind of going to close our time out today with uh, kind of a personal story, because as I prayed about this weekend, I know it's a little bit unique in terms of what we're sharing, but, but God was very clear with me about what he wanted to minister at this point in the message. And specifically, um, some of you heard different parts of, of my testimony, and so if you're hearing it again, I apologize, just pretend like you're hearing it for the first time, okay? Um, but I think that the thing that God wanted me to minister, uh, minister to specifically in this moment was uh, for kids that are maybe out of the home and they're away from God, or maybe they're still in the home but they're struggling, because um, we all do. Um, I've not known a kid that didn't struggle. And in my own story, um, I made it through high school pretty unscathed. Um, I never, I never hung out with the wrong crowd. I kept my my nose clean. I did all the right things. Um, and still, my parents taught me all the right things. Again, raised in a pastor's home. Uh, you know, Dad was, and Mom both were in leadership in different capacities over in our whole life, as far as I can remember, growing up. So it wasn't anything that they did wrong, but I still made bad choices. And when I got into college and got in some bad friend circles, and, um, and you are, that is important. You are a, kind of a product of who you hang out with. We talk to our kids about that a lot, from my personal experience especially. Um, but I, I spent three years running from God and just rebellion. And I made up a lot of really creative excuses about it. Um, and I had a lot of, I mean, I could have given you a list of all the reasons why I was doing what I was doing. Um, but but here's what happened on the other side of the equation. is I was running from God's and I was going to clubs and I was doing all the stuff, um, I had parents at home that just prayed. They didn't yell at scream at me. They didn't confront me um, and throw a Bible at me. Uh, <laughs> Although they probably wanted to, uh, they're sitting right here if you're wondering. So, um, they just prayed, and you heard Pastor and I talk about um, them anointing things. And they would anoint our car stereo, and they would anoint our cars, and they would anoint our doorposts and our our nightstands. And um, we joke about you know coming in the front door of the house, and because everything had been anointed, sliding all the way to the back of the house. Um, not not far off. <laughs> I just could not figure out where those oily spots were coming from. Like, I got a motor oil leak or something. Or, um, but they prayed. And my, my encouragement to you um, at whatever timeline of parenting that you're in is if you've got kids that are struggling, it's not because you're a bad parent. Have you made mistakes? Probably. We all have. Um, but don't sit in condemnation or judgment of yourself. Get on your knees and pray for them. And if they're in your home, or if you have proximity to their car, or you know their stereo, or their room, get some extra virgin olive oil and go to town. <laughs> and rebuke the enemy, uh, plead the blood of Jesus. I can tell you there were nights I knew when my mom was praying, because I was miserable. I'm in the club, or I'm trying to go to sleep, and I'm miserable. And I could just, I could feel it. But there was a day where God broke through. And I've mentioned it before. My youth pastor came up to me, my former youth pastor at the time. And it was just as simple as a question he asked me, or a statement that he made followed by a question. Mark, when I look at you, I see a wall. And there was a strong, big, tall, ultra-thick wall that I built over a three-year span. But that day it came down because he just asked me, is this what you want for your life? And in my heart of hearts, I didn't. But I kind of got myself stuck in the wrong lane. And so if you'll go ahead and stand, I'm just going to pray over you. If that's you today, if that's somebody in your family, in your friend circle, uh, maybe it's even a child that you still have at home that's struggling. We're going to take it to the Lord. And I really believe that God spoke to me that there was going to be some prodigals come home this year. And we're going to agree for that. Amen. So just join me in prayer. Father, I pray over these that maybe this is where they are. Maybe their kids are far from you. Maybe they've known you and run away. Or maybe they've never had a relationship with you. But Lord, we know just like the prodigal son account in the scripture that you're anxiously awaiting their return home. And when they come in view of the road, that you'll sprint after them, and that their parents will sprint after them. And so, Lord, we just call them home. As a corporate body today, we ask you to bring them home. Wherever they are, Father, if you have to make them as miserable as you made me when I was running, make them miserable. Send them divine appointments. Send them dreams. Send them visions. Put people in their path. Lord, put angels in their path to steer them home. And we just pray that it would be supernatural and that from our prayer today, we would see a tangible shift and a turn in the hearts of these children, these kids that are away from you. In Jesus' name. And I just wanted to make an appeal. Maybe you're in this room. and. You've been away from God, or maybe you've been close to Him and you've run away, or maybe you've never had a relationship with Him, but today you want to make that step. If everybody bow their heads, if that's you this morning, and you just say to me, I think today's the day, Pastor Mark. Today's the day. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being miserable, trying to figure it out on my own. I want to do it with God. I want to do it with the family of God. And I want to come home today. If that's you, if you just lift your hand, I'll just pray over you where you stand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. God bless you. If you guys that lifted your hands would just pray a prayer something like this. Jesus, forgive me of my mistakes, but today, I declare that I'm going to stop running, and I'm going to come home to you. So I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Take it away from me, like your word says, as far away as the east is from the west. I want to make you my Lord and my Savior and my very best friend to walk with me the rest of the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, It's done. But let us know so we can help you. Yeah, you can give them a hand. That's a big deal. Thank you, guys, for praying. I want to invite the prayer team to go ahead and come on down, if that's you. If you lifted your hand, please come down and let these pray with you. And we have some some resources, some free stuff that we can give you, a Bible. Um, But we want to pray with you. Um, Jesus walked down a very tough road up to a cross and hung naked on it for us. And so I want you to take it one step further. Just walk down here to one of these super safe, amazing people to pray with you. And if you have any other type of need, if you need prayer for your body or for your family or for anything else, this will be the time to come. But once you give Jesus one more big applause for all that he's done with us today for us. Man. Be glad to be in God's house. All right, we love you. If you need prayer, now is the time to come. Otherwise, we pray blessings on you. Be safe out there and we'll see you next week. We love you guys.